Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? If you're doing good, I want you to do me a favor because... Sometimes I forget how blessed we are in this church because we're blessed. We have great, great talent in our church. We have great ability. But I'm going to tell you, it is something extremely special for us to be led by a leader that is so spirit-led on a Sunday morning here. I want you to do, because he usually walks out and he doesn't get the, I want you to give our, our worship pastor a big round of applause. Good job, bro. Love you. Yeah, we have we have we have we have great people around us. I had an opportunity Wednesday to hang out with students. We had I don't know it was thirteen thousand students here on on Wednesday. It was amazing, and and the leaders. Um, but um, worship band was like they killed it on on Wednesday night, and, and and the student ministry leaders are amazing. And so, I, shameless plug: if you are interested in serving in that area of ministry, there's still some opportunity there. You can see Jan or Pat or go to the next steps area. Uh, there's worship positions available uh, to pe- uh, for people to help lead worship and all that. So it's been good. So we're in this series called Sticks and Stones, and that apparently has resonated with a lot of people because. Last week, my phone blew up with text. My Facebook messenger blew up with people going, you know something, Pastor Bob, this is really timely. Not just in the fact that the world is absolutely going crazy, but the things in our own personal lives and we're having to control and kind of kind of just kind of pay attention to what we're saying and what we're not saying. The base level scripture for last week, we said we're gonna land here every week. We're gonna start, with, uh, start here with Psalms 19. And it just simply says this, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What it's saying is, I want to make sure that I'm being mindful, that I'm being intentional about what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And we're going to talk about it in a minute. We looked at Matthew last week. We talked about the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, in which we'll unpack that in a minute. So what you say, this is kind of the premise of everything. What you say, how you say it, who you say it to, and when you say it are all important. So it's everything. And it's not just the spoken word. It's the written word too, isn't it? And I'm going to even throw a little bit more into that. It's the nonverbal communication we have with people that's equally as important as those things. So how many people, I got a question to ask today. I want to show of hands. This will be probably the only time I ask for this today. How many people have ever sent a text message because of talk to text? It went a little bit astray. How many? Raise your hand. Um, Anybody get fired because of it? Because we had somebody in first service share a story. They got fired and then rehired because they said something. Um, No divorces because of it, right? None. So I can't share the ones because they're not not good. Because when the talk to text translates, it's never, ever even close. And so, but I was interested because I was like looking at this past week, how many people have done that and what's been said and what hasn't been said. And there again, I can't share any of them on a Sunday morning, but I started going down the road of translations and how like anybody ever been over to a foreign country? Anybody ever been foreign country? So I've been to the DR and Haiti and I've been to New Jersey. And so there's some, (laughs) some foreign countries I've been to, but like, if you go to the DR or Haiti, Haiti, they speak Creole, which is a form of French. Uh, in in um, in a DR, they speak um, Spanish and Creole. I've been to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. I've been to Italy, and Italy they speak Italian. Like, um, but I didn't know that marketing companies have a real big struggle when they're trying to market a product, making sure that their phrase is actually saying the same thing in the language, like in Spain or whatever. And so I was interested. So I look, start looking like uh, Braniff Airlines. So uh, Braniff Airlines uh, is a uh, 
beckoned the passenger. This was their, their slogan was this, fly in leather. Wow, that sounds pretty cool, right? Like fly in leather. Like I like leather seats in my truck. I could fly in leather. But the problem is in Spanish, it means fly naked. <laughs> I don't know that I want to do that. Just saying. Um, Eastern Airlines, we've heard of it. It's funny. Both of these companies are defunct now. They don't, they're not in business anymore, probably because of bad slogans. Uh, but Eastern Airlines was, we earn our wings daily. Now, how many people remember that one? I remember that. We earn our wings daily. Well, when you interpret that or uh, translate that to Spanish, it means final destination in heaven following death. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want to have like when I'm flying in an airplane. General Motors, right? General Motors. Anybody uh, remember the Nova? Uh, the Nova car, some of you don't, they had to discontinue the Nova because the Nova meant literally doesn't go in Spanish. Like, that's not what you want from your car company. You don't like the, it doesn't, I just spent, you know, uh, KFC. Nobody likes KFC in the South, right? It's Wife Saver in the South or Publix. But KFC, maybe a couple of you, come on, Publix Chicken? Yeah. yeah. Pub Subs, Pub Subs, yep, see? Um, but KFC, uh, there's was finger licking good. Y'all remember that, right? Finger licking good. The problem with the Spanish interpretation meant eat your fingers off. <laughs> it's kind of close though. Um, I was, I was a little leery about this one because I mean, we're a church group and everything and probably nobody know or never, nobody's ever heard of Coors. So it's like, I'll let you, Coors is a beer company. If you guys didn't know this and the Coors was, uh, turn it loose, turn it loose. Uh, the problem with that one means in Spanish means suffer with diarrhea. <laughs> And that may be what happens. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know exactly what happens. But Purdue chicken. Uh, you've probably seen Purdue chicken in the grocery store, right? Purdue, Frank Purdue. And it says this, it takes a tough man to make a tender chicken. Uh, the Spanish version of that is, it takes a sexually stimulated man to make a chicken affectionate. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one right there. I'm not even, I'm not even touching, I'm not touching that one. So it's one of those, some of you are going, hey, in church. Yeah, we're in church. Welcome to Journey. Welcome to Journey. Uh, Let's, let's kind of set the stage for this. Every one of us has a weapon in our arsenal that could either kill, destroy, or bring life to. And it's the words we use. Um, anyone and everyone in this room, if you're watching online, if you're watching down at Sherwood, if you're in the experience over in the, um, in the atrium or here, everyone has the ability to say the right thing at the right time, just like we have the ability to not say anything at the right time. And sometimes that's hard or just as hard, right? And so, and what I've found out when we can do those things and we do those things well, we'll be successful. Like our marriages will be successful when we, when we don't say the wrong thing at the wrong time, when we say the right thing at the right time. Our businesses will be successful. Our churches will be successful. Our relationships, everything will be successful. And so what I'd like to do today is something I don't get a chance to do very often because uh, just of time and the way our series runs. I want to take a large block of scripture. I want to break it down this week, and then I want to do a part B next week, okay? Because I think it's so powerful. Our staff has been going through, we actually finished it up last week, a book called The James Code. And the large portion of the book of James is about our, our words, what we say, how we say them. As a matter of fact, all of chapter three is about that. And so that's the kind of the area I want to look. So I want to look at James chapter three. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to make it easy for everybody. If you have your phone, right, there's QR codes. If you're in the front, I don't know what to tell you. We'll, we'll figure that out later. But there's QR codes. You can actually pull up now the Bible. So if you're here and you don't have your Bible, you can pull it up on a QR code. And if you look at the first tab in the QR code, it actually is all my notes from today. So you'll have all my notes from here on out if you're interested in just kind of following along. Now, I, I, there's a caveat to this. Um, it seems to only work with the phone that Jesus used. It's the one in the, it's the, one in the Bible, the Apple. Um, we're working on it, trying to work. Some people it works on. What I would 
just tell you to do if you get on it, push your focus button. That seems to have helped a little bit uh, to get it. If not, you can just do it the old-fashioned way. You can bring your Bible or you can watch it on the screens, okay? So James chapter 3. Also, all the events that are going on in the church can be found right there. James chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read about 12 verses, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about it. Not many of you should become teachers. This is a great warning. Uh, my brothers, you know that who, uh, that we who teach are judged greater uh, of, of greater strictness. So he's saying, listen, be real careful if you want to be the office of a leader you want to be in leadership, which I would amen that. Verse two says, for we all stumble in many ways. Everybody in the room should amen that, right? For we all stumble in many ways. Somebody, yes, like we all stumble in many, like, uh, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, now all of a sudden we see the correspondence between what he says and, 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 and the, the sin that we struggle with. So if anyone, um, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into mouths of horses, so he uses a word picture here of somebody riding a horse so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. So if you turn it to the left, if you know anything about horses, you turn it to the right, it goes right, and it's all done by that bit that's, that's bit uh, in the mouth, okay? Verse four, look at the ships also, though they are so large that they are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Now, I had something personally happen in 2015. I, I I fish a lot, and I have a, a Ranger bass boat, and it sits at my house, and uh, it sits in my garage, as a matter of fact. And in 2015, I was riding up the lake. I was doing about 60 or 65 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, the rudder of the boat, it was, it's called the lower unit, the rudder of the boat fell off along with the prop. And my boat, at 68 miles, decided to take a left-hand turn and shot me out of the boat about 20 feet. Uh, it was 38 degrees outside. The water temperature was about 55. I am blessed to be here because there was somebody on the bank that saw it happen. They actually uh, were in a boat, and they got in their boat, and they came across, and they brought me back in the boat. But I'm not saying all that for sympathy or that, tell that story. What I'm saying it for is this, that little thing that's about this big was a steering mechanism for the whole entire boat, a 21 foot boat. And that little steering mechanism threw the boat sideways to the point where it threw me out. And the illustration that he's using is that our lips, our tongue is a little small steering mechanism that can get everything off kilter, everything in our life. It impacts everything that's going on. So it says in verse five, so also is the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire of world, uh, of world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed, has also been tamed by mankind. But... Verse eight, pivotal verse right here. This is, the, this is kind of where we're gonna land. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What, with, with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Does a spring, and then all of a sudden he uses another word picture. Does a spring pour, uh, pour forth? From the same opening, both fresh and salt water. The answer, it's a rhetorical question, is no. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? The, uh, figs? the answer is no. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So he's talking about the mouth. He's talking about being tamed and how much damage it can do. Now, I'm going to say this, and this is kind of where we're going to land for a couple minutes. I believe what James is saying, and I think it's true, is that, that the tongue, the mouth, can't be tamed. There's no way. He said, like, if you can tame it, you're perfect. But I do believe that we see in Scripture that it could be managed. And so what I want to talk about over the next several minutes 
is managing it because we've all fallen short. The Bible says we've all fallen short of God's glory. And I think this is one of the ways that we've fallen short, by the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart. I think they've both led us astray. So today we're going to talk about that. And the very first, just kind of peeling it back, the thing I want to talk about is we need to realize that careless words can cause damage. To think about it. And, I, and I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to Our words have the tendency to get us in trouble, don't they? So, guys, how many times have you said the wrong thing at the wrong time? Raise your hand. Right? So I'm going to help you guys out. How many people are men? If you're a man in the room, raise your hand. Let it be said that Pastor Bobby's helping you right now. Okay? Let it be said. So when your wife is sitting in the mirror looking at herself and she says, everything's sagging and I don't look the way I used to look and I got wrinkles on my eyes, right? And she says, I want you to pay me a compliment. The compliment should not be, well, at least you still have 20-20 vision. Right? And guys, we have all said, some of you are laughing because you've said it, right? Like, we have to be careful because they'll, they'll damage. I, 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 um, I, let me give you another one. I'm going to give you, I may give you two or three more. How's that? Because uh, that's what a helper I am. So you're sitting there and, and it's your anniversary. And you're, you, 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 know, you, you ask your wife, where would you like to go on your anniversary? It's, it's like a restaurant. How many people have ever, uh, biggest arguments, right? Where do you want to go to eat tonight? Some of you laugh. It's true, right? I'm, I'm, this is not a, this, this is not the, or when you're in the line at McDonald's, and they haven't changed the menu in 40 years. <laughs> All right, let, let's just say, how many people have done it? You sit there going, I think today I'm going to, oh, McDonald's doesn't have that. Okay, so you're going on, you're getting anniversary. And, and, and she says to you, oh, see, see what a helper I am? And she says to you, she goes, I want to go to some place I haven't been in a while. Your response should not be the kitchen. <laughs> Y'all tracking with me? Okay, y'all want another one? No, I'm not going to give you another one. Okay, here's the deal. The biggest lie we've ever been told in the course of our life, we talked about it last week, it was the opening, was sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never what? They'll never, that's a lie. Because I'll guarantee you that I can sit and I can talk and I have conversations, I could drink a cup of coffee with a lot of you. And you'll go, there was a defining moment that happened on that playground. There was a defining moment that happened in middle school. There was a defining moment that happened here. There was a defining moment in that relationship. And I'm here to tell you, when I was eight years old, I broke my finger. And I broke it to the point where I can't even bend my finger. I was playing baseball, and somebody threw a ball. And a couple years later, Barrett Donnelly, who was on our, we played on a, a softball team, threw it from the pitcher's mound at like 400 miles an hour to first base. And I heard my, my, my knuckle go. Shh. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't remember the pain. It, I, I have the, the, I still see it, like I can't bend it. But I don't remember how much it hurt that day. When I was, when I was 11 years old, Y'all remember the days where you didn't have to wear a helmet to ride a bicycle? Anybody remember those days? Yep, yep. And you all remember the days that you wasted millions of dollars putting, putting, putting baseball cards like Hank Aaron's rookie card in the spokes of a, of a tire or Mickey Mouse. Y'all remember those days? Well, I was doing that one time. Hey, I remember the days where it was okay for somebody to ride on the handlebars of a bicycle. Anybody? So I was riding on the handles of a bicycle. And your friend, your friend did this too. Your friend would slam on brakes and watch you go flying over the handlebars, right? It was funny. Well, that day I broke my nose. And I remembered the blood all over the place. And I remember, and I remember going to the doctor and them going, there's nothing we can do. We'll just set it back in place and that's it. You know what I don't remember? 
I don't remember the pain. I don't remember how much it hurt. I mean, it's there. But you know, I remember the pain of sixth grade. I remember walking into a school that I didn't know anybody. And I remember being dressed up because I came from the city where we dressed up and we moved to the country. We had, a, we had a school code that we had to wear. We had to wear a certain type of shirt. And we had to wear a jacket. And we had to wear pants. And now I'm going to one that the school code was flannel shirts. And I remember David, who was his name. I remember as soon as I walked in, they started picking on the new guy. That was me. And I remember, here, here's the deal. I remember the pain of that. I remember how much that hurt. I remember for four solid weeks going to the nurse's office because I had pains in my stomach and my parents thought there was something like legitimately wrong with me and it was just the fact that I was getting picked on. Everyone in this room, honestly, everybody online, everybody watching that is Sherwood, you have defining moments where you go, I remember that pain right there. And if you don't, you're one of the fortunate ones. It's the world's biggest lie. See, the words we, the words we say create most of the problems that we face. Did you hear me on that? The words we say create most of the problems that we face. The majority of the problems that happen in church, you know what they, you know what they come from? Words. When there's a conflict in an area of ministry, it's not because of, nobody's ever come to me and said, I would like to argue theology with you today. I've been doing this 30 years. That's the least of the questions that people ask. The, let's talk about your theology. But you know what? I've had lots of conversations about how you spoke to me or how you didn't speak to me, or the words you used, or the words you didn't use. Because it matters. In marriage, people think infidelity, like that's the number one reason. Nope, that's not the number one reason. You know what it is? Communication. It's how we talk to each other. Breakdown in relationship happened because of, of that. Then everything else, the sex starts to fall away, the problems start to happen, but initially it's because of, of that, that, that thing right there, that thing called communication. Most conflicts between parents and kids and if I hear one more person say, it's because of generation, it's not a generation gap. We've had generation gaps since I've been, like, from the very beginning of time. It's because we don't communicate. You can't expect to belittle your children for 16, 17 years and then turn out to be something fantastic. Sorry. It must have resonated with Siri. She misinterpreted my words. I'm going to share something in a minute, a personal kind of like a wound. But I can't tell you after first service how many people walked up to me and said, that was what my dad said to me. That's what my teacher said to me. That's what my coach said to me. That's what my spouse said to me. That's what my grandfather called me. And those wounds go deep, and that's why we got to understand the power of our words. We need to remember that our words carry tremendous weight, and they can cause enormous amounts of damage. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. There's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Don't tell me that doesn't, that's, that's exactly what it feels like when somebody is talking about us. When somebody says something, James chapter three, verse six, we read it a minute ago. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is sent among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Literally meaning, literally meaning life and death in the tongue. We got, to pay, we got to take care of that because they carry a, a great amount of weight. But not only that, we need to learn to use extreme caution because our words can't be taken back. Did y'all hear that? Our words can't be taken back. Were you ever, when you were a kid, do you remember mom and dad go take it back? 
And you go, you know, I take it back. You know why you do it like that? Because you can't take it back. Her name was Donna. I was in elementary school. And we were sitting there, and Donna, um, is this a long time ago, and you, you know how kids are brutal. She had braces. And so they called her tinsel teeth and metal mouth and everything you call. But not only did she have that, some of you, this is bringing back really bad memories, and I apologize. Some of you are like, oh, no, where's it going? She had to wear a retainer to school, right? And so everybody was picking on her. One day this kid just, I mean, just absolute blaster. She's in the, she's crying her eyes out. She goes in the corner and she's just bawling. Teacher goes, take it back. You tell her, you go back and you, and I was like, that ain't gonna do no good. He walks up and he takes it back and a couple weeks later, he says the same thing over again. What we say, we can never take back. That's why we have to use such great caution it was my eighth grade year. Timmy was a guy that was eventually going to be my friend, but at first he was different than everybody else. I'm probably going to use the wrong term, and I'll probably get an email about this. I think today we would say he's a, he's a kid or a student with special needs. Back then, we, he was handicapped. That's what we, we called him. He, he had, he had, his legs were deformed, and he had to wear braces. And then in the bottom of his shoes, you probably have seen in the bottom of his shoes, the braces went across the bottom of his shoes, and he had to wear those every day at school. And he would take them off, and everybody would call him a robot, including myself. In the course of my life, it's the biggest regret, or one of the biggest regrets I had, because I watched this guy just slowly and surely walk away from life, everybody else. Now, I'm thankful that in high school, God brought our past back together and we became friends and we're actually friends to this day. I actually contacted him and said, can I share your story for a minute? He was like, absolutely. Or how about this? My senior year in high school, a teacher tells me something that even years later resonates in me. She said, you'll never amount to anything. I tried to contact her so she can watch this week. <laughs> Just to let her know I amounted to something. That's what that man walked down. He said, that's what my dad told me. From the time I can remember hearing words to the time I walked out of the house, you'll never amount to anything. You'll, you'll, you'll never be able to take those words. That's why it's so important that we use caution when we're talking about these things. Words once spoken, listen, can I just make the words to your spouse, once you say them, you can never take them back. Whatever those words are, even in the fit of rage, and maybe you're even, maybe somehow you're even justified in saying, you can never take them back to your kids. One of the things that we always used to tell our kids, because occasionally we would have a, a person say, well, you're so bad, and we would go, whoa, time out. You've made a bad decision, but you're not bad. And don't you, and I remember having conversations with don't and teachers, don't you put shame on my kids. Jesus Christ broke shame when he went to the cross. Somebody say amen. How about to our friends, how we talk to our friends? How about our bosses or our coworkers? How about, how about anyone we come in contact, how we talk to them? I heard a story about a, a woman that went to her priest and she was asking for forgiveness because apparently she had an issue with gossip, which I know nobody in this room has a problem with or has never done it, whether it's 
on Facebook or Twitter, or any, you know, um, Karen on the Nextdoor app or whatever. But she went to her priest and she was asking, she, and she, what do I need to do? And he said, I want you to go get chicken feathers and I want you to put chicken feathers at the door of every person you've talked about. And she said, okay, I'll do that. A couple days later, she came back. She said to the priest, I did exactly what you said. Am I forgiven? He goes, not yet. He said, now you got to go pick up all the chicken feathers that you put out. She said, there's no way. There's no way I can do that. They're all over the city right now. And she said, that's exactly what's happened with your gossip. It's all over the city right now. A couple months ago, I had an opportunity to fly to Washington State. I was on one of my turkey hunts. And my wife got me what's called Comfort Plus, which is for tall people and big people. You get a little extra room or you get it out. So I'm sitting there in my mind and my own little business. And this couple that I watched uh, from the time we were in the waiting area and all that, she comes walking up. And I noticed that they were separate. They separated them. And I had two seats. And I just said, hey, would you like to sit here? And we can make it all work so you can sit next to your you know, girlfriend, your whatever, boyfriend, spouse, whatever it is. Well, little did I know that was the worst decision I could ever make. <laughs> but they're sitting there. And from, for four hours, four hours, all I heard was this, but you said it. But you said it. I don't know what she said that was that bad, but apparently for four hours, there's enough evidence that he had to say it over and over and over and over again. And I, I wanted to turn and go, you should have never said it. <laughs> Once we say something... I'll give you a bit of advice. You'll save yourself a great deal of trouble and just by resisting saying anything mean, by resisting saying anything, mean spirit, heat of anger, because the fact that once it's said, you can't say it again. Let me give you a little challenge today. Is there someone in your past that you've hurt by your words? Okay. Now I'm gonna tell you, you can't pick up that feather anymore, but you know what you can do? Can't take that word back, but you know what you can do? You can try to reconcile. You can have an honest conversation. Doesn't mean you need to be best friends. Doesn't mean that you, you're going to go out to lunch next week. And it, it's interesting because the whole week, all week long, I've been sending, sending text, I'm sorry. Because it's convicting when we know that we can't take our words back. When we understand the severity of that, it changes the way we say and what we say. Which leads me to the last thing. Know that your words reveal who you really are. Last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. It says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Out of the abundance. What's going on in here eventually comes out here. The good person out of good treasure brings forth good. An evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, we will give account for every careless word that we speak, the abundance of the heart. He's saying that whatever's in here, and that's why we've got to be careful. Whatever's in here, eventually, hear me on this, eventually we'll, we'll, it will come out. So we've got to be extra careful. James says it like this. We just read it. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. This is really, you want to talk about overwhelmingly, like, like, like God help me with this one right here. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. We just got done blessing our Lord and Father for the last 30 minutes, right? We were leading, I was, man, led in great worship, right? Who are, and then it says, and with it, we curse people who were made in the likeness of God. Oh my goodness. So with it, I praise God. And with it, I also, I also talk, talk ugly about people. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. 
Does it spring forth, right, from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives and grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Our, our, our vocabulary, our words reveal who we are. Hear, hear me on this. I'm going to let you all in a secret, okay, that I don't tell many people. I'm not from the South. I'm from a little country called New Jersey, okay? We talk different up there. And what, what's happened is since I've been down here for 30 plus years, I start to say some of the same things that y'all, I know what bless your heart really means, okay? But there's occasional times, a couple years ago, I took a friend of mine up north and they kept laughing at him and he couldn't figure out why they were laughing at him. Like, you know, hey, can I give me some sweet tay? And they're like, oh, say this word, right? The crick or creek, it's a creek. And crick's something you get in your neck, right? Right? Pecan or pe pecan. Pecan is something you take on a long trip when you got to go to the bathroom. That's a pecan. I'll be here all day. <laughs> so my kids laugh at me because there's certain words, and, and even the staff, like today, they were like, so there's certain words that I say that are funny. They're like, I say them different. I say them kind of Yankee, right? And so like here, one of them is like, what's the thing they, when they play the Masters, it's, it's a golf what? I, I, that's how I say it. Why do they laugh at me then? A tournament. They laugh at me. It's not a tournament. It's a tournament. No, it's a tournament. Okay. How do you say what the lake is filled with? What, what is that? That's what I say. Water. <laughs> See? Staff member right here. Water. I'm sitting having a conversation with my kids, an honest conversation. And I said, that's Mayan. And one of them goes, what's that, like a Mexican ruin? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Amy's going, well, it's true. <laughs> Your accent tells a lot about where you're from. What comes out of your mouth tells a lot about who you are and who you serve. So that's why it's so important that we're intentional with the words that are coming out of our mouths because they will, they will define us. They'll tell us, they'll tell a lot. Ecclesiastes says it like this in 10 verse 12. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor. That means when we say the right things, people go, wow, wise man. But the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of, a mouth, uh, uh, of his mouth is foolishness. In the end, his talk is evil madness. Now, I love this last part. My dad used to say this all the time to us kids. A fool multiplies his words. You ever notice somebody in an argument, the person, this is what my dad used to say all the time, the person who says the most is generally wrong because they're trying to defend themselves. And then it says, though no man knows what is to be, he and who can tell him what will be after him. Can you do something? Think about the words that you used this morning. Now, I know as soon as you shut the car door at Hardy McManus Road, you put the smiley, pretty Christian face on. But that's not the way it was when you left the house. Come on, baby, how much longer? Right? Right? Does it really take you 45 minutes to put that lipstick on? And the answer I'm finding out is yes. Right? So I promised my wife yesterday when I was going through the message, because she listened, she listened to it, she goes, please, please don't share any stories about us. But I have to share one. <laughs> so 
couple weeks ago was the uh, week that Lindsay uh, Poitras spoke, my, my daughter spoke. Um, and I wanted to get here early because I had been on a two-week sabbatical and I wanted to see my friends. And early to me is anywhere between 45 minutes and two and a half hours before start time. We have a saying in our, on our staff, five minutes early is on time. Not everybody abides by it, but we have it. I like being early because I like, just to be honest with you, I like talking to people. So I'm, t- I'm telling my wife, I said, I'd like to leave a little bit early so I can get there. Well, a little bit early to her is we're going to get here five minutes early. A little bit early to me is I want to leave somewhere around 8 o'clock to get here at 8, 10, 8, 12 so I can hang out. So I'm all dressed and I'm ready to go. And I'm sitting there in my chair. The dog's sitting there. I got the TV on. I shut the TV off. I stand up. I, are you ready? She said, why are we leaving so early? And I said, because I told you this, it's a value to me. I'd like to go visit. And I didn't say it just like that, okay? I said, like, sweetheart, you're the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. That's exactly how I said it. Why are you guys not believing this? So, but I'm going through the whole, I'm going through the whole thing. And I, 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 so she finally goes, I'm not going this early. That was the end of our conversation. I got in my truck and left without her. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're, we're good about it. She came here. She sat next to me. She kissed me. She loved me. She goes, I know, I know it's a value to you. There's a couple things in that. I realized that day I can't take things back. I realized how much weight they carry. I also realized that I've got to be really careful about how I use my words or my, my verb because they reveal who I am. And you know what it revealed that day? That I'm an impatient person that I'm an impatient person. Now, some of you are looking at me like, I'm not going to admit that. You need to admit it because your words and how you use them reflect who you are. Proverbs chapter 21, 23, we'll close right here. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Okay, can we pray together real quick? Let's pray together. So I, I'm imagining there's, just, there's a bunch of people that are kind of like me a little bit that have said the wrong thing at the wrong time. And what I just do is challenge you to try to somehow or another in the next couple days just make a point of trying to reconcile. Not you, you may never, like I said, you may never be, but just reconcile. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to go ahead of you. Because that's the only way it works, by the way. When we ask the Holy Spirit to go ahead of us. And so this morning, there's been names, there's been faces that have popped up in my, in my mind that I need to recognize. Maybe, maybe you're sitting right now with the person that you have, maybe a, a child, maybe, maybe it's a spouse that you've used some words and today's been a little bit convicting. And I, I, I don't want to, it's not debilitating convicting. It's not something that leads you not to want to serve God. Today should lead us want to be better for God, that we would use the words of our mouth and meditation of our heart, that we'd be acceptable and pleasing. So Heavenly Father, in this moment, even as this morning you've brought so much to my mind. So many things, so many, so many just conversations that, that I, even times I thought I was joking and, and maybe it was, maybe it was, maybe there was an element of truth in those. Maybe there was a dig or something con- condescending. God, I just, first of all, forgive me. God, help me, help me, help me understand the power of my words more. God, my prayer is right now that you would be with us, every one of us, because there's a, there's a truth right there that's the same mouth that I 
I worship, the same mouth I tell you how good you are, the same mouth that I pray with, the same mouth that I sing with is also at times the same mouth I'm destroying people with. And I don't want that to happen. And so God, my prayer is this, that you would help every one of us in this room be better followers of you. Be better followers of you. That we would make you famous with the words that we say, the meditation that is in my heart, that what's lining up in my heart and my mouth are the same exact thing. And that's the thing that we want to walk away with. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.